Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. So yeah, I'm James, and um, I'm just emptying my pockets. <laughs> just getting comfy. This is like Mary Poppins' pockets. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm married to Susie. Susie grew up around this area, and um, we've been married, uh, oh wow, 15 years this year, so a, a good stint, and um, still going strong. Got two children, uh, Coral and Rocco. Coral's seven, and goes to Vernon, and Rocco's four. Um, I've, um, I've been a Christian a long time, long time, since I was six years old, and uh, that's been like you know, as it goes up and down. <laughs> but um, God's really put a, a real passion in my heart to, to talk about him, to share about him, to listen to him. And one thing I will tell you about real quick is, is, is a lot of times when I talk about God and God's heart, sometimes I get a little bit emotion, <laughs> a little bit cryy, teary sometimes. So I will try not to, try to keep a lid on it. So, um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. So it is really lovely to be here. And I tell you what, it is exciting to live in Poynton right now. And it's exciting to be part of the church. And I say the church and because I really believe God is, is, is um, he's doing something really special. He's doing something really different. And I think he's um, breaking the molds of, of, of what we've put in place, you know, as the way we do things. And he's starting to challenge us to look outside of the boxes that we've created and the, and the things that we do. So, so I just want to encourage you to open your hearts today and just really uh, hear what God has to say for you. And I, I pray that, um, that, he, that the Spirit of God will lead me, no matter what I've prepared, to speak what, what we need to hear and what we need to work on. So, um, with that, I'm just going to pray, if you don't mind. Father, I thank you that we can come before you, Lord, together as a community, and we can uh, learn about you, and we can share in our walk with you and our growth. And I pray, Father, right now that you just settle my heart, Lord, and give me clarity. Help me to just be really in tune with you, Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So will um asked me to speak here with you guys, and I was really excited, and I said, yes, definitely, I would love to, and then he said, would you, would you mind uh, speaking about intercession, and immediately I was like, uh, yeah, sure, <laughs> because I think um, intercession is one of those big words that is, uh, the Christian faith is full of these big words, and it's actually one of these big words that I kind of, I would say that I've, I maybe avoid a little bit, because um, in my mind, it's, it's for the really holy people. Uh, it's for the people that have been Christians maybe a long time. I think in my experience, no offense, but it, was all, it usually was like the old ladies that would gather and they would be like the, the <laughs> they would be the hardcore ones going in for intercession. And, and, um, and so I was like, wow, it, it's got to be more than that, Lord. It's got to be more than that. And, and as I... Um, as I learned and just read and prayed about it, I really feel like God has opened up my heart to a whole new side of what intercession is and what, what, what the heart of it is. So I'm, I'm excited to get into this. You know, we, we're living in a season right now in, in our culture and in our society where I would say more than ever before, it's be, we're becoming more fragmented 
We're becoming more disconnected. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, we don't actually realize because we are lulled into a false sense of connection through social media because we see a lot of what people get up to because they post the things that they want us to share in. They post the things that, you know, not necessarily deliberately, but we, we don't necessarily share all the bad bits, do we? We, we, we share the nice bits. And, and unfortunately, you know, we can connect with people or we can, we can interact with people maybe in a less personal way because we feel like we're up to date, you know? And, um, and I really believe that, that God's heart is that we have meaningful connections and meaningful relationships because I see God is a God of relationship. Because in the beginning, he says, was the word and the word was with God and everything that was made, that was made. It, he's talking about Jesus, isn't he? And, and the Trinity, the Trinity, the, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit were together in the beginning and that's a picture of community, a picture of relationship, a picture that we can, we can uh, use as our model and our example. I'm just going to take a drink. <laughs> when I, um, in, back in 2012, I had an incredible experience to be able to go to uh, Mount Everest, and I was um, not climbing the mountain. I was going to base camp, and um, it was part of my job because uh, I, I make short films, and it, it, it takes me interesting places from uh, Trafford <laughs> to Everest, hey, all those different places. And um, this one, this one, this one trip, I was there to film for a travel company, and um, I was part of a trekking group and we were we were making our way up to base camp and and day by day I actually got um, a little bit iller and sicker and and it got to the point where the day we were trying to get to base camp I was really dizzy I'd been sick in the morning and um, the the guides and everyone were really really nervous about me and worried about me um, but they knew I had this film to make and the the climax of this film for the travel company was base camp you know and and if I didn't get to base camp then there's no you know it's a waste of time waste of money and so there's all this pressure but they they were kind of, they were looking after me and they made me do these kind of walking tests and things to 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 see if I could still balance and and they they carried my pack for me and I I made it to base camp which was amazing I don't really remember what happened or what what really I just I remember, all I remember doing was thinking, okay, I'll put a GoPro on my head and just turn it on, because then whatever I'm kind of looking at, I'll be filming, and then, <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, I'll just see what happens. <laughs> but, um, but afterwards, uh, we f the base camp trek day was a really long 16 hours of walking. It was a really, really tiring day, and I wasn't feeling good at all. Um, and we got back to the tea house where we were staying that night, and... Um, and I, I, I couldn't walk straight. I had to use the walls to help me walk. And I remember going into this dining room, and it was maybe half the size of this room. And I saw my group sat over the other side. And I, I kind of made a beeline for them. And I was like walking like this, trying to get over to them. And I sat down. I slumped in the seat. And, and the Sherpas were there with me. And they were like, like, you're not good. You're not okay. And they started to talk to me and check me out. And it was too late to get a helicopter because it was the evening. Um, and they said, you need to sleep and rest, and in the morning, we need to get you to hospital as quick as we can. And um, so 
in the morning, they couldn't get a helicopter to get me down, and the hospital was an eight-hour walk away. So it was really, really a desperate situation. Now, I didn't really know what was going on, to be honest. I, I, I was kind of just like, yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> you know? And, and the, the more I walked, the more I couldn't walk, and the more the people had to hold my arms up and, 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 and keep me from falling, and I would continuously just fall forwards and have no balance. And um, I was starting to get concerned because I was reading like the body language of the, the, the other trekker and the, who was a nurse and the Sherpa. They were, they were getting more and more anxious, more and more um, upset. And I was starting to freak out. And all I knew what to do was to, to remember some Bible verses that I, that I knew off by heart. And so I started to recite these Bible verses that were helping me to maintain a clarity of thought. And <clears throat> I'll cut the long story short, but basically I ended up make, just making it to hospital with about 20 minutes to spare. And, um, and my oxygen saturation level was at 50%. And you're supposed to be around 98%. And if you get down below like 95 to 90, you're like, the hospital starts to worry. And I was at 50%. And I was about 20 minutes away from being in a coma. And it was very, very, very touch and go. And I was in hospital for about 15 hours on oxygen. And all this is happening. And, 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 and I'm sensing that God is with me in this situation. But I'm still unnerved. After the fact, I was sharing with one of my best friends who lives in America... And, I was, and it was literally a few days later, I was telling him what happened. He said, you're not going to believe this, but God woke me up in the night that night. As you, and it was at that time, and I just felt that I had to pray for you. I just felt that God pressed you on my heart that I needed to just start to pray for you. And as I didn't know what was going on. I knew where you were, he said, but I didn't know. No one knew. Even Susie, my wife, didn't know what was going on until I'd come out of hospital the next day. But God had pressed on his heart to start to intercede for me, to start to pray on my behalf. And it was the spirit of God in him nudging him and, and that, him having that sensitivity to be aware of that. So last week, I listened to Will. What a great message. He's a good talk speaker, isn't he? Very good. Very good. I really enjoyed it. And so Will spoke about petition. And petition is, you know, asking for the things we need. And I can definitely say I'm, I'm good at that. <laughs> I think we all could say we're pretty good at that, aren't we? We've, you know, maybe some people aren't so good at asking for themselves because they, they are so selfless. But for me, I'm a little bit selfish sometimes. And, uh, and I find that it's dead easy to ask for what I need because it kind of sometimes comes out of crisis, comes out of a desperation. I was uh, photographing a party one time and uh, this, this, he was drunk. This, I didn't really know what to say then, but yeah, he was drunk. This guy came up to me, he started talking to me, ended up finding out that I had lived all over the place. And he's like, why did you do that? I said, oh, my dad was a pastor and, and of a church. Oh, she's religious. I'm not religious. No, I'm an atheist, me, like this. And he goes on and goes on. And he goes, except for when things aren't going very well. <laughs> he goes, he goes then, then, I'm, then I will pray. He says, then I'll, then I'll cry out. And I was like, mm, that's interesting, that, isn't it? Have you thought about that a little bit more? And uh, he was like, <laughs> and then his wife was like, you know, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. It was funny. But intercession is, is an interesting one because it's, it's taking our mind off of ourselves, taking our attention off of ourselves and thinking about the needs of other people. 
and, and, and asking God to move in their life. It's not just spending hours and hours and hours in prayer over a certain situation, although that is sometimes what's necessary. It is, it is about us being mindful of other people and other situations and getting stuck in into other people's lives and other situations as if it was our problem and as if it was our situation. And as I was understanding this and reading this definition, I felt, I felt God just speak to me about the, the foundation, because I, I believe that all of our behavior is motivated by something deep within us. And I think it's in our heart, and it's a heart that God is starting to, to shape in us when we become Christians or when we give our lives to him. And I believe that the foundation of intercession, the foundation of seeking to, to intercede on someone's behalf, to, meet, to step in the gap, is about compassion and empathy. It's about us taking time to be interested in what's going on around us in our communities and in our family situations, in our friends' lives. And I think that's where we can sometimes be robbed by social media and the way culture is being shaped. We can be robbed from that because we forget to actually take time out of our busy lives and say, what's going on? I'd love to hear what's going on for you. How are you? Oh, I could pray for you about that. I could, you know, let me help you in this situation. So the definition of intercession in the, in the dictionary is the, the action of intervening on behalf of another to mediate between two people. I think interceding is about getting in the gap. It's standing in that gap like Jesus did between us and God. Because Jesus intercedes for us, doesn't he? On behalf of us. And he... He, he did an act of intercession by coming down, becoming man, dying on the cross and, and reconnecting us with God. Reconnecting us to our Father and our Creator. <clears throat> I had a, uh, an experience um, back in January the 1st, the year 2000, the, millenni the mil millennium. <laughs> I... Um, I grew up in South Wales, and uh, I love to surf. Grown up surfing and around the sea since I was a young boy. Um, I haven't yet made it to the canal yet. I haven't got that des desperate to paddle around in the canal. But there was, um, I had a really good friend, and me and this friend, we would make it our mission to find the best waves at the right time and the emptiest waves, so nobody around, right? We wanted the waves to ourselves. And there was this one spot that we'd been checking out for years, and it was called Blue Pool Bay, and it's on the Gower. And it's actually quite well known now because there's a, a big rock pool there. Um, <clears throat> so it's in South Wales. So we figured, we worked out the, the surf, the swell size and everything, and the tides, and we worked out that on January the 1st, everybody will be in bed after the millennium. And... <laughs> And we were like, this is the moment that we will get this spot to ourselves, and it's going to be epic. <laughs> and so we got up early, and we made it to this car park, and we, then we had to get our gear, and we had to walk for about 30 minutes around the coast to get to this secluded little bay. And at high tide, when the tide's up, there's no beach, so it's just cliffs. So we, we scrambled down to the edge of the cliffs, and we waited for the tide to drop in time so we could actually get down onto the beach and, and start paddling out to the waves. And the waves break on this point and then wraps around in this bay. 
And all around this edge are like cliffs and caves and stuff, and then it goes off around the coast. And, uh, and so we waited, and we got, we got ready, and we were, we were, at the moment, we were stood on the edge of the water, and uh, we were like, let's do this. Let's get in. Nobody's around. It was just me and him, and it, we, everything was working out perfectly. And what, all we needed to do was paddle across the bay, just out to the point where the waves were, and we were so excited. We were so excited. So I didn't really think too much. I'm like, he's like a bodyboarder. So he was like busy sat messing about getting flippers on his feet. And I'm, I, I, I just had a surfboard. So I was like in the water and I was paddling out. And I was paddling out, ducking under the waves, paddling out. And I'm just going for it. And I was like, oh, I better check where Nathan is. And I look back and I couldn't see him. And I was like, where's he gone? And then I looked over this shoulder and I saw him still stood on the beach, but he was all the way up there. And what had happened, and I didn't realize, was I'd, I'd got straight into a rip. And the rip was sweeping me round this bay so fast. And, and I, so I was a bit inexperienced. I know what to do now, and I won't do the same thing again, but I will tell you what happened. <laughs> I, I just continued to fight through the waves and paddle as hard as I could to get past these waves that were breaking. And I was getting tireder and tireder, and the waves were, I was getting, making less and less progress getting past these waves until finally they beat me, and I ended up trying to ditch my board, and it was on my leg rope, and I was swimming for my life, basically, trying to get away from these waves and try and get back to the beach. But I got pushed around, and I got pushed into a cave, and the waves were, it was, thinking about it, it's pretty scary. Um, the waves were probably about this big. And, I, and, and so I'm lay, like on the water surface and the waves are coming into this inlet. And it's probably the width of this, um, the width of this aisle here. And there was like barnacle covered rocks on either side. And I just kept getting pushed into this thing. And, uh, and I would, the water would fill up and I would climb onto the edge of the, the rocks and then the water would all disappear and suck out for the next wave. And I would go, ah! And then the next wave would smash me off the rocks and I'd be in the water again. And then I'd have to duck under the next wave, let it fill up and try and grab on. And this went on like a cycle. I couldn't get out. And, we're, and my friend was stuck on the beach and I disappeared. And he couldn't climb round in time. He didn't know where I was. He was freaking out. And, and I'm in this desperate situation. What, you know, what's going on? And it felt like I was there for ages and I felt like I was going to die. It was really scary. And with that, I duck under a wave and I get onto the edge and I grab onto all the barnacles and I'm holding on and I look up and there's another surfer and he reaches down and he puts his hand, he says, come on, mate. And he pulls me up out of the water, pulls me up onto the cliff. And he grabs my board and pulls my board up and he sits me down. He's like, are you all right? I said, yeah, thank you so much. And, and he just left me and I was sat in shock, in absolute shock. And I was remembering this picture. And I think that in life, we un consciously get swept up in the current of life and we get taken places we maybe didn't really want to go or and we live in a community full of people that maybe are in places where they never really expected to be and like Jesus the heart of Jesus is to reach down and reach into someone's situation and give them that hand and say come on I'll do this with you 
And Jesus showed us that in, in giving of himself to be that mediator between us and God. And now he wants to partner with us so that we can be the mediator between our friends and our communities and our families. He wants us to be a partner in shaping the future of our town and the future of our nation. Because our prayers change things. I love this uh, quote that I heard and it said, Intercession is prayer on behalf of another and it naturally arises from the instinct of the human heart, not merely prompted by affection and interest, but recognizing that God's relation to man is not merely individual, but social. I was brought up in the church and I was told over and over again, that it's about an individual relationship with God. It's about you and God. It's about you and God. And I know that that is true to a certain extent. But what that has created in our churches is, is churches full of individuals seeking God. And, and what God's heart is, as we see, saw in the Trinity, is for us to pursue him together in relationship with each other that we can go further when we collaborate. We can go further when we stand together. We can go further when we challenge each other and we shape each other and we mold each other. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? And, and I think that's so true. I think that in life, it's so true that we, that we, we play a huge part in, in our friend's life, in, our, in the person next to us, in their walk with God, in their success, we play a huge part. And in my success... I can't do it on my own. I have to do it with the people around me. It says then, intercession is to be regarded then as the spontaneous act of man for his fellow man. To something that is not necessarily always thought about, that just comes from our heart for people. And the perfecting natural movement of humanity. I love this idea that... God really challenged me with my compassion. I asked him, actually. I said, Lord, would you give me more compassion for people around me? And he did. He changed my heart. And I would say that I was quite judgmental. And I would say that I would have an opinion on the way people were living before I actually loved them as human beings. And God gave me a new heart where I was able to see people as he sees them, that he has created us all in his image. And unfortunately... We don't quite understand why, but God loves the worst of us as much as he loves the best of us. And that's never, he, he, there's nothing I can do that will make God love me any more or any less. Because his love is, is there and set. In, in, and, and for our friends and our community, no matter what we think of the way they live, God loves them as much as he loves you. And therefore, we need to be propelled by that love. We need to get a sense of God's heart and say, God... Break my heart for the things that break your heart. Let me get a sense of how you feel because I believe that that will give us a greater sense of compassion, that will give us a greater sense of seeking that intercession and stepping in the gap between the lonely of our community and the broken in our community and the hungry in our community. Our Christian faith is not an individual faith. It's a faith that comes alive in community. And Jesus came so that we could be fully alive. 
only got off page one. I'll, I'll, I'll speed up. <laughs> Let me just read from 1 Timothy 2, chapter one, uh, verse 1, 1 to, to 6. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people and ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for the kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And some notes from my uh, study Bible on this. It says, although God is all-powerful and all-knowing, he has chosen to let us help him change the world through our prayers. How this works is a mystery to us of our limited understanding, but it's a reality that God wants us to play a part in his plan for humanity. Our prayers shape the future. I so believe that God created us in his image. And as God is a creative God, that when he speaks, things happen. When he speaks, things come into being that were nothing. He makes, he speaks things into existence that were never there. And I believe that it's like in James, it says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That we can create the future of our town by the way that we pray, by the way that we stand together, by the way that we communicate. It really gets me excited to think that actually my prayers aren't just empty prayers, that when I speak it, God's authority comes into connection with my prayers and things happen, things change. Sometimes our intercession isn't about being meek and mild. Sometimes we have to get a bit of a rage on and have a bit of a temper for things that upset God. This, there's this funny story. I was about 14. I was in high school. And uh, you won't believe it now, but I had a little bit of a temper on me. And uh, I quite enjoyed fighting. Um, Rocco, actually, I'll probably pass that on to Rocco, my boy. <laughs> he loves a good scrap. Um, anyway, I was in school, and um, I just had a fight with this lad. And, there, and you know what happens in school? Crowd. Everyone crowds round, and it's just pandemonium. And uh, I was pushed into this corner, and, and we, we had the scrap. It was kind of over. Everyone was, like, just kind of around, pushing around. And this one, this big lad from my year, he was, he was really big, he reached over this wall. He was stood above me, and he grabbed me by my, by my collar, and he pulled me up, and he started to, like, have a go at me. And then from behind, out of nowhere, a hand came onto the back of his head, grabbed his hair, and hit his head on the wall, Right? It was my big sister. <laughs> and she said, that's my brother. Like this, right? I was so embarrassed. I was like, Kate, flip it. Kate, no. But she, her passion and her heart for her brother, that 
that relationship that was there caused her to want, need to step in and intercede and mediate on behalf of me and this guy. Yeah, and actually he ended up with the chipped tooth. <laughs> but, but I love this picture. I'm sure he's fine now. <laughs> it was probably his milk teeth or something, I don't know. Anyway, I love this picture of this righteous anger. There are things happening in our communities and our societies that are not okay. They are really not okay. And sometimes just a polite prayer is not enough. Sometimes God is calling us to be active in our faith and pray, but be that hand as well. To, to, to pray and intercede, but to go and put foot, feet on our prayers. To go and be the answer to the prayers. I'm not going to tell her I told that story because she'll, she'll be like, yeah. I'm going to start to wrap it up. I'm going, to, I'm going to miss a section actually out. But I love the idea that God has chosen us to let him help change the world through our prayers. And Pete Gregg says that, he says this, um, humans will, our will, works in partnership with God and we use our will to co-create reality with God. I'll read it again, because I had to read it a couple of times. That our human will works in partnership with God, and we use our will to co-create reality with God. Okay? Intercession isn't about just about praying for what we want to happen all the time. Okay? It's about praying for God's will to happen. And sometimes we don't understand why Things happen the way they happen. I've prayed for people before and they've not got healed, for instance. And I don't understand it, but I have to trust God that he's faithful. I have to trust that I don't, I'm not God, so I won't understand all of these things. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't pray. Because my prayers have the opportunity to set people free. My prayers have the opportunity to stand in the gap between our society that maybe aren't experiencing life to the full. They're not fully alive yet because they haven't connected with Jesus. That actually I, ha I have a role to play and stand in the gap to, to, to pull them out of that ocean, to pull them up into a fullness of life and a connection with Jesus. So I want to challenge you this morning and me. What, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? It's really easy to, to go to church because, you know, we're, we're often, God's created us as, we're, we're people of, creatures of habit. And I, my heart is that church is not a habit. That, that church is something where we, grow together and we're challenged together and we seek to change together. Back in the days of the Bible and the temple, they had this rule that when you entered the temple through a certain door, that you were not permitted to leave through the same door, that you had to leave through a different door. And I love that picture that, that we can take a hold of and say, I entered one way and I'm going to leave a different way. 
And I think that right now we have an opportunity to just spend some time having a conversation with God and just asking God, God, what, what are you impressing on my heart? Do I need to pray and have more compassion? Do I need to have a greater sense of vision for my community? Do I need to see where people are hurting more? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to take more time to not look at myself and my situation and take the eyes off of myself and start to live for other people more? So I think if the band want to come up, and um, would you stand with me? Let's just cast our attention onto Jesus. Cast your attention onto God. Take a moment to not focus on the things around you. Worship you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would come right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, that we would have an increased awareness of you right now in this place. That, God, you would challenge us in the way that we live. Challenge us to have compassion for our communities. And that that compassion would fuel us in our prayer and our intercession. continue to do some uh, business with God I, I believe God gave me a word before for you for you as a church and the word was unexpected things in unexpected places and I was reminded of Jesus when he was choosing his disciples they were unexpected people from unexpected places they were the guys that didn't make the cut to, ha to follow one of the rabbis. That Jesus went and chose the people that people did not expect him to choose. They were young. They didn't know very much. Yet God saw something in them. And I think as a church, I don't know your history very much, but I believe that you've been through lots of different seasons and some seasons have been tough and some seasons have been good but I believe God's bringing you into a new season that the word is for you but it's also 
um, possibly about the way people have observed you as a church from afar. <clears throat> and maybe they've uh, formed judgments and, and opinions of, of what the church is and is about. And I believe that you're about to just smash those judgments and break those molds. And God's going to take you into new, an incredible new season of growth and life unexpected things in unexpected places. Father, that we would be a people that would just break the mold, Lord. Father, that we would love you and love our neighbours and our community and our friends, Father. Lord, that you would break our hearts, Father, for the things that break yours. Lord, that we would we would be compelled with compassion and empathy, Lord, and that we would step out and we would pray for people like we've never prayed for. Father, that we would pray for our country like never before, for our families. Father, for people that are not experiencing a full life. Praise you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.